Community groups call for Calgary police to release information in death of man killed by police. Grupo TVA to cut 240 jobs. Portugal proposes a suite of changes to stop runaway housing market and 18 Afghan refugees found dead in a truck in Bulgaria. Good morning. It's Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We start this morning in Calgary. This past weekend, a rally was held to mark the first anniversary of the death of Latjor Tuel. He was shot and killed by police. And kudos to Jade Marcus of CBC for saying it so plainly. He was shot and killed by police. She writes directly twice. Tuel had been struggling with poor mental health and PTSD around the time of his death. Police alleged that he assaulted someone with a stick and was carrying a knife, reports Marcus. Tuel was a former child soldier who had immigrated 22 years ago to Calgary from South Sudan. At the rally, Latjor's daughter, Nyang Linglat, asked why Alberta's internal investigations body, ACERT, had taken so long with her father's case. While there was body cam footage, she says that nothing has been released and that the family has not been told anything about the case. Tuel's mother, Rebecca Acker Akol, made the trip from Sudan to demand answers about her son's death. In February alone, ACERT has been called to investigate four so-called officer-involved shootings. Marcus goes through all of them in her article. One was at Cold Lake First Nation, which I've mentioned on this show. The other I also mention on this show. It was in Wheatland County on February 12th. Though I should say I think I mentioned it. There's no direct line drawn from what Marcus writes in the story and the story that I'm about to mention. A couple of weeks ago, you remember that I talked about Kelly Funk. She had been shot by police after her brother called uh, for a mental health call uh, in Calgary. She eventually got to Wheatland County where she was shot, and she had not died as of the report on February 13th. Now, Marcus reports that the victim of that shooting, and the shooting was on February 12th, had died according to a February 14th ACERT tweet. But the ACERT tweet gave nearly no information, and I didn't find anything online about Kelly Funk. Regardless, if it's her or if it's someone else that happened to be shot in the exact same county, that person is now dead. Now, Marcus quotes Calgary police saying, quote, police have also previously acknowledged that Tuel's death represents a setback to efforts to build trust between Calgary police services and the Sudanese community, unquote. I mean, no kidding. And frankly, like with all of the stuff that's been going on the last year about Calgary police officers wanting to wear the the thin blue line patch and, and whatever, uh, of course, there's little trust uh, between the Sudanese community, generally the black community in Calgary and Calgary police. CTV reports that back in June, Nalinglat had called for Calgary police to collect race-based data, something that they still do not collect. Now to Quebec, where Groupe TVA has announced that it will cut 240 jobs. Groupe TVA, for people that don't know, is a massive media company in the province. Of the 240 jobs, 140 jobs will be cut directly with the company, and the rest are going to be cut by other Quebecor entities, reports Radio-Canada. 
the union representing the employees, SAFP, which of course is QP's Quebec branch, says that most of the cuts are going to be in non-union positions. It isn't clear yet where the cuts are going to happen, but already they have cut a journalist that covers Baie-Comeau and all of the Côte-Nord region of Quebec. That person worked out of the station CFER in Rimouski. Other cuts are going to impact the current helicopter service that TVA has and their broadcast trucks. In many ways, Quebec remains behind the rest of Canada when it comes to how badly its media industry has been damaged. But such deep cuts at a province-wide broadcaster is going to have a major impact, not just on regional reporting, but also on giving people news with an eye to the needs and culture of the Quebecers in the regions. This is a critical piece while people become more and more distrustful of mainstream news if they see themselves less and less reflected, their stories, even the way that they talk about things, less reflected in the news that they consume, they become even more distrustful of the centers like Montreal and Quebec City. It actually aids in the increase of disinformation and misinformation. So super bad news, even if many of us would be critical of a lot of what Tevea reports. Now to Portugal, where the government there has announced major reforms to deal with a housing crisis. The plan is to ban new licenses for Airbnb and other short-term holiday rentals and to stop a scheme that had given EU passports to non-EU nationals if they made investments in real estate. That scheme, called Golden Visas, has been, quote, criticized for boosting house prices and rents, reports Reuters. I mean, pretty incredible if you think about it, that for the low cost of some number of dollars to pump money into the real estate industry, you get an EU passport. I can't imagine how that would go wrong. <laughs> Rents have risen rapidly in Portugal, a country where people remain poor relative to the rest of Western Europe. While more than half of workers earn less than a thousand euros per month, Rents in Lisbon alone jumped 37% in 2002. I mean, think about that. A thousand euros per month, that is about a thousand ten dollars per month in Canadian dollars. And 37% jump in rents alone in 2022 in Lisbon is massive. To compare that to Canada, the average rental apartments in Calgary had a 6% increase last year. Southwestern Ontario's Tritown area had an increase of 7%, which was higher than in Toronto, Guelph or London. And Halifax saw a rental increase of 9% for two-bedroom apartments. Those figures are all from the CBC. Another part of the reforms is to give landlords tax breaks if they convert their Airbnbs into apartments. The left bloc party criticized this as handing even more money to landlords who have already benefited from speculation. The government also plans to rent vacant houses from landlords for five years to add rental stock to the market. Housing activists quoted in the article said that the reforms do not go far enough. And finally, from Democracy Now!, 18 Afghan refugees have been found dead inside of an abandoned truck near the Bulgarian capital of Sofia. 34 refugees were rescued, including five children. All have been hospitalized due to carbon monoxide poisoning from the truck's fumes. And of the people who died, they died from asphyxiation. Six Bulgarians were indicted for the tragedy. Euronews reports that Bulgaria is an important corridor for refugees who are fleeing Afghanistan or countries in the Middle East towards Europe. Very few refugees actually settle in Bulgaria, the poorest country in the EU. Anti-immigrant policies have made crossing Bulgaria very dangerous. To stop people from entering the country, the government has put up a barbed wire fence along its border with Turkey. 
Those are your headlines for Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Nora, and good news, everybody. It's Sandy and Nora Day. So a new episode of Sandy and Nora will drop in a couple of hours, and I have to say, I think you're going to love this one. We talk about AI and a bunch of things that maybe you haven't thought about yet, or maybe you have. Maybe we're behind you. Maybe you should get a podcast. Hope you have a good day. <laughs>